0: Thank you Justin, well, we got another AWM Insights here and we've been on a little bit of a roll with some series type stuff and we haven't done a good check-in recently on just what's happening in the world and what better week. We got a Fed meeting. Uh, There's lots of data coming out this week, so it seems like we might have some volatility. Uh, And so a good time to just check in on things. You know, would love to dig in kind of maybe some of the things that are hitting your inbox. What are some of the things that you're kind of seeing across the news wires? And then we'll wrap up this whole thing, obviously, and talk a little bit about how it actually impacts the portfolio. But what are some of the things that we might see in the news and the headlines, etc., this week? And you know, I'll also mention we are recording this before the Fed meeting. You will listen to this after the Fed meeting, so I'm not going to put you on the spot and, let's see and if let we you have a crystal ball right? But but yeah, lo- what's going to happen this week? And let's talk a little bit about the portfolio.
1: Well, there, there's a lot going on. Is the quick answer uh, nothing? Drastically new, I would say, um, but it is good to take a take a pause here, given we've been focusing on kind of deeper, bigger topics, and just look at what's driving markets. The interesting thing is the topics haven't really changed, right? So inflation is still there, interest rates are still there, artificial intelligence, I think, is still. It's fair to say it's still there, but or I shouldn't say but necessarily markets have actually had a pretty good year it's uh actually interesting before we hit record we're going through some statistics we're technically out of a bear market what that really means for for those of you following along so last year we hit a bear market which really just typically means we've fallen 20 percent or more from the previous highs. That happened about a year ago, actually. I think the low was June 9th in the S&P 500. Fast forward to today, we're actually 20% above those lows. And so that kind of potentially marks uh, the end to the bear market. Some people would say, well, no, it's a a bear market rally. I'm not going to go too much more into the weeds on all these silly terms that we use within finance. But suffice it to say that markets have had a relatively good year so far. Will that continue? Hey, we'll see. Um, The interesting statistic was that once markets recover 20% from a low, they're typically at least where they are, if not higher a year from today. Mm. So fast forward, looking in your crystal ball, chances are they're going to be higher. But it's a great reflection point to go back and say, well, yeah, a year ago, it was pretty negative. Their inflation was really, really high. And, and here we are, fast forward to today, markets have rewarded patience. And I think that's probably one of the big takeaways I would say we want to hit on. Especially as we're digesting all this new information, which is not as negative as as it was in the past, even though the topics are the same. It seems like the Fed's going to potentially pause raising interest rates again. To your point, we'll see what actually happens come this week. Inflation appears to be easing a little bit, how quickly is it going to actually ease it is still somewhat of an unknown. Uh, and then the ever-present artificial intelligence, right? Is that just going to take all, all of our jobs or are you guys all listening to an AI bot right now? It's a big question mark. I guess an AI bot wouldn't wouldn't stumble over words like I have. So maybe that's your indicator. So anyway, uh, I'll, I'll pause there and let you uh, reflect on that.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's a. there's some really important points in there. And I think you know, one thing I'd love for listeners to hit on is this is why we drive home so often that predicting where things are going to go in the short term is so difficult because a year ago, markets are down 20%. What's the natural inclination that we have? It's, oh man, like, should I be investing right now? Not even, hey, should I pull everything out? I think for the most part, uh, people go, okay, I get it. It's a long-term game, but we were getting the question we've gotten the question quite a bit is now the time to put money into the market and it was because there was this you know fear about where things are going inflation's at all-time highs the feds raising rates like what the heck's going to happen here and it just goes back of course it's Monday morning quarterback and looking back but you look back and go shoot if I didn't participate if I wasn't systematic in in investing my savings then I miss out on some pretty significant periods. And we've hit on that uh, in previous podcasts. But the impact of actually missing those best days, missing this last year would have been, you know, marketably different to your wealth. So I think when we look at short-term moves or short-term kind of information that's happening, it can be really noisy. And this is why it's so incredibly difficult to, put together some sort of portfolio where you're trying to predict things and you're moving in and out. You'd rather just be system, if you wanna be successful over a long-term, right? You wanna be very systematic about staying in the market and persistently investing. And I would, you know, the AI thing we're kind of joking about and, you know, we, we may throw AI on the end of AWM because who knows, it'll increase our valuation pretty significantly. <laughs> That's but, all
1: it takes. Yeah. You
0: know, I think with AI, it's a great point, again, of consistently being in market. You don't know when certain technological shifts may, may show up and that's going to impact both the public markets and potentially really impact the private markets and to what extent, you know, those are going to show up. I think we're in the very early innings. Everybody's using AI. It's almost like a marketing tool now to to throw that on, but there are underlying some pretty significant things happening uh, that might take 20, 30 years to play out. They might take 5 years to play out, but you know, having a really systematic approach gives you that success over the longer term.
1: I think that systematic approach that term is something i'd like to sit on for a sec too and unpack i mean not only the last year or even this present year to date period just go back to pre-pandemic 2020 let's say january 2020 to today i think a systematic diligent approach where you're not chasing fads you're not chasing the bright shiny object has just proven to be a very sound way to invest money in a way in which we're trying to have the highest confidence to meet priorities, right? We want to always go back to that. Our goal here is to help you, our clients, meet your distinct priorities in a very high likelihood way. Nothing's guaranteed, but doing that through a systematic approach instead of trying to go, like you said, in and out of markets, rifle shoot various things. Not only is it incredibly difficult to get those trends right, but you're also just introducing what I always say frictions to the portfolio. The biggest friction uh, to use, to call it the term, it should be called, is taxes. And anytime you're selling this asset and buying this asset to try and chase some some tail if you will it really not only is it incredibly difficult again to pick that to spot that trend guess what you're likely paying taxes as a result of that it's not something you see in that given moment but man it really 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 destroys wealth over the long term as you're turning that portfolio over so we talked a lot about it in the series around venture capital Taking a systematic approach, I think that dovetails exactly what you're saying into what you're saying around AI and and whatnot in the private markets, right? We want systematic exposure there. We don't know when and what type of company is necessarily going to take off with respect to AI, but that's probably where some of this really innovative creation and ideas is going to actually take hold. And we're going to systematically allocate there in the public markets. Yes, there's probably some exposure too, right? Some of these big chip makers, you have exposure through a diversified systematic uh, portfolio there. And so, you know, taking even further step back and bringing it really to the present day, th- this is a little microcosm of a, of, of the risk return dynamics that really drive all this stuff that I'm talking about. It's hard to pick trends. If you're doing that, you're introducing risk where you're really not compensated but these forces both positive and negative are what come together into this crazy you know amalgamation and com- complex market and tr- give us an expected rate of return a positive rate of return going forward and doing it in the systematic way is where we are have the highest confidence
0: yeah i mean i it, preparing for this podcast we were again doing a little bit of research and just to point to how difficult this is i saw one news headline goldman sachs put a new s&p positive s&p target out there so you know the optimistic about the future of the SMP. And then I flipped over to another website, uh, the Financial Times, and I see David Solomon, the CEO of Goldman <laughs> Sachs, warning, you know, that we're going to have this uh, potential correction and all this kind of stuff. So you have t- the organization, the CEO of the organization, and then very smart people, you know, putting together forecasts on the other side, and they can't even agree. So, you know, it's, to think about these things and try to get those short-term things correct are, are really difficult. What I want to be clear as we wrap up here is it doesn't make it any easier to watch potentially your portfolio on a daily basis, though all those stats, right? Like it's a flip of a coin, what it's going to do. And so it can be anxiety ridden. We're going to see like, this could happen, right? We could see inflation numbers print higher than expected this week. And the Fed could have a knee-jerk reaction and throw another rate rise on there. Um, and it could send the markets into this turbulent short-term kind of, you know, short-term move. And it doesn't make any easier to sit there and watch that and, and kind of get wrapped up in it. But hopefully what we're trying to do here is continue the education on, yes, You're going to feel that, then take a step back, look at it objectively and go, you know what? I have a really good plan here. I've got my protective reserve set aside. I'm bulletproof there. I'm allowing those assets that I have in excess to grow in a growth mode over a long period of time. And this is part of it. This is why that grows over a long period of time, because I'm allowing myself to actually stay in the market, stay performing, and ideally even adding additional capital as those savings come in throughout the year. So the big takeaway for today is, you know, this short term up and downs, incredibly difficult to to deal with. It's, you know, the market is a co- complex being. We've talked about inflation, rates, AI, all these different factors could come hit in. on recessions. Yeah, recessions could blow up a market or boost a market in the short term. And that's incredibly difficult but what we do know is that history tells us over long periods of time the market does become a lot more predictive and that's what we're building our plans upon so they're they're a lot more solid there's a solid foundation for that so we appreciate your attention shoot us uh, shoot us a note if you got any questions uh we'd love to address them uh more specifically New phone number, so actually my personal number, shoot me a text, 714-504-7689. If you're a client, you probably already have it, but we'd love to address any topics that you have. So until next time, own your wealth, make an impact, and always be a pro.